welcome to the third episode of Beyond Hallyu podcast. We're finally back after lots of technical problems and uh, just life. And this week, there's three of us again. Sasha's here. Woo! And Sarah again. Hello! How are we all today? I'm good. It's raining, but I'm good. It's finally above freezing here, so I'm really good. (laughs) Originally, we put on Facebook, or I put on Facebook, that we were going to do an episode about fetishization stuff. But because of the technical problems I've been having with my computer, um, I haven't been able to get the interviews recorded that I wanted to do. So we will do that. It'll probably be the next episode. This episode, we're going to focus on hip-hop, since hip-hop seems to be a really big thing in Korea at the moment, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's always been popular hip-hop artists for, like, what, 15 years or whatever, but it just seems to have exploded recently. Yes, yeah. especially with the female rappers. Oh, good, yeah. The focus is definitely yeah. transferred over to them now. But before we start, I think there's one thing that we have to talk about, because it broke. Well, I guess it was... Because we were recording on Sunday. I guess it was... This morning in Korea, it was really late last night here in the UK, Kim Hyun-jung announced that he is getting married to the woman who put a court case against him last year for violence, and she's also pregnant. Oh, just... Um, Have they decided to get married, or are they in quote-unquote talks? Because I know... Well, they're... Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're right. He's but, going to. Uh, he's probably going to end up marrying her, especially if they're having yeah. a baby. Yeah, especially in Korea, because you can't have a baby without a husband in Korea. Ruins your life, according to them. More so than being in a violent relationship. Yes. When stuff like this happens, there's a, quite a lot of people that it always makes me think, oh yeah, there's like quite a lot of really smart people that sort of are interested in K-pop and stuff. But then you see the other. The other lot. Let's throw ourselves into this, yeah. Some of the comments that I've seen. Honestly, if anyone that listens to this has written any sort of comment where it's pointing towards her being a liar or making up stories to get attention, shame on you. Because abusive relationships are not a laughing matter. And there are a lot of psychological factors that play parts into that. And the fact that she's pregnant now and in Korea has a lot of effect on this regardless of whether he was abusive or not all of them play into that so shame on you if you wrote a negative comment and some people were saying that it was kind of like proof that what she was saying wasn't true but like if you know anything about abuse that's like a classic yeah that's part of the cycle as a matter of fact you guys put out um like the little i don't know if it was a picture or just kind of a short article on how domestic violence how the cycle usually will go well, it's the truth. It's a cycle of abuse, isn't it? P- it? People keep going around in a cycle of abuse because they don't know how to escape from it. Mm-hmm. There's no kind of path that leads from it until they seek that help. But it's a lot more difficult in a culture that kind of still plays on the part of you have to be in a relationship or married to mm-hmm. have a child. Like, a lot of stuff happens with single mothers in Korea. So I can understand that mentality of her feeling like she's got no choice but to go back to him and depend on him for namesake alone. But please, we stop with the judgment and the, well, we know what happened because you don't. The only people that know what actually happened in that situation are the two of them. Outside of the sort of Korean context, that's quite a normal reaction to what happened there because he was essentially stalking her while she was putting that case through. 
through yeah. if you look at the dispatch like timeline of it he repeatedly visited her to sort of check up on the case or whatever which you're not really supposed to do when you're battling someone in the court no the thing that happens with domestic abuse is something terrible happens they go oh this is enough and then there's the fallout from it and they go I'm so sorry I've changed and then the exact same thing happens again well come on there are a lot of indicators that this is a serious matter him apologising but failing to recognise exactly what he's done wrong and then claiming that he hadn't actually done anything wrong and it's all on the internet for people to read and I presume that fans would have read it as well if they're having such like strong opinions about this woman being a liar Mm -hmm. so you know can we just have a little bit of thinking before you type I think that would definitely help with a lot of these matters the other thing is that a lot of people that make these comments are young women yeah yeah recently they've change the word that they use from domestic violence to intimate partner violence for exactly the reason that young women are at really high risk of being in these kind of relationships Mm. and obviously they're not always living in a domestic situation so it wouldn't be classed as domestic violence because like realistically we can talk about this all we want won't make a difference to what's actually happened here yeah but we should talk about it as a way to educate and discuss these kind of sort of serious issues i think it it, it definitely helps to speak about it because we are free women ourselves and Mm. we we know how we, we think we would respond but can we be entirely sure how we would respond to a situation of abuse and that's what I think people need to be questioning you always have this thought of how you would respond and everyone thinks that they'd be able to deal with it and they'd be strong and they'd leave that situation mm-hmm. but would you do you actually have that inner strength to be able to do that and it's not just about inner strength it's someone can wear you down and everything that i've read about this situation sounds like he's worn her down from Mm -hmm. visiting her to constantly calling her and texting her questioning why she's brought their relationship into the public view all of that wears down on a person regardless Mm -hmm. of whether they're a man or a woman because we have to remember that domestic abuse can happen to both men and women Mm -hmm. and that's what people need to remember and they need to see how it would impact on that person to me she's displaying all of the factors that you would expect with someone that's been abused for a long while in a relationship even to the point that she seems to be leaning on him now you don't know what her situation is you know she doesn't have that many people around her to support her it'll be even more difficult especially when it's all in the public eye and you know you don't get that much sort of support from the public for this kind of situation in Korea especially i hope that whatever the end result is that the woman and the child will be happy and safe because with all of this negative feedback and reactions from netizens and people who don't really know their situation and don't understand how terrible uh, domestic violence or intimate violence or whatever is, that must be a heavy load. That would be really, really hard to work against just as a person on your own, but then to have to be pregnant as well. And with Mm -hmm. all of that that's happening with her, I just hope that she remains safe and happy and that she gets support, positive support from somebody. No, I'm really hoping as well that the end result is that she gets enough support for both herself and the child. I'm also hoping, and I don't know if you will agree, I hope that he gets the support that he needs as well because he clearly has some issues that he Mm. needs to deal with. But my main concerns out of all of this go towards the woman and her child. The only kind of hope really that there is at the moment is that he will have to go into the army next 
this year next year so he won't be around that child when they're really vulnerable as a very young child bonding period as they call it I think that's enough um, talk about Kim Hyung-jung now we might <laughs> get something up on the website or something about it for the rest of the podcast we're going to be talking about hip-hop as we said at the start um, so first of all the hip-hop thing that everyone's been talking about recently is on Pretty Rap Star which um, if you haven't seen it for some reason is Mnet's new um, reality survival music quote-unquote show about female rappers which we've talked about before but before it started so now it started we can talk about it in more detail yeah exactly so how, how do we feel about I'm Pretty Rap Star? I'm Pretty Rap Star. Um, I like the idea of it because it is bringing more attention to um, female rappers in Korea. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a bit rocky start. And there's, yeah. there's been some issues personally that I have with it. But I still watch it. It's, it's okay. I think it's got better. I, the, I really didn't like the first episode very much. Yeah. Because I felt like they were just trying to pit everyone against each other and like start yes. bitch fights. That wasn't really a positive message to send out to people um, with regards to anything to do with female rappers. It's definitely getting a bit better and more stable, but mm-hmm. you can see where the editors are editing certain rappers to not look their best. I think the one that seems to be getting the worst editing is Jolly V, because I get the impression that Timey Timey just always talks about bad bad about people. Like if you know anything about Timey, she's always kind of done that since she left her company. I don't know when Timey left. I was like, okay. I liked her. That was a positive thing for her to leave and things like that. But ever since, it just seems that, like, she gets this idea into her head about people and just runs with it and runs with it and runs with it. Mm-hmm. And she seems like one of them kind of catty people that will take an idea, put it into other people's heads, and then sit back and go, no, that wasn't me who done it. And it doesn't really work for someone of her, I don't know, statue in a sense, because she's supposed to be someone that's been in the business for quite a while now but to me she seems like an amateur compared to some of them i was surprised by yuki dam because i saw some of her in um show me the money before and she was really not good <laughs> where she's doing quite well now like her lyrics are quite clever i think yeah. that she could be like uh the dark horse of it i reckon mm. that she should do quite well what she needs is to learn more but it seems that she's there to learn which is a really good thing and she's still very young. She's like 17 or something. Well, that's what I'm saying. She's that still young. Still in school, yeah. Yeah. And she's on a show with women that are a lot older than her. And yeah. she's she's holding her own. Like, I'm behind her 100%. I think she's doing well. But I'm behind Cheetah more than anyone else. Yes. Yeah, yes. that woman. She's, she's just magical. And I, the thing I like about Cheetah is that she doesn't mess about, but then at the same time... She's fair as well. I kind of like the fact that she seems quite happy to work with the rest of them. Like, mm. she doesn't seem to have a major issue with working with the rest of them. And she seems to, like, develop some actual friendships with people, mm. which is nice because I think that's what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's a competition, but at the same time, you're supposed to be connecting with people and helping them to learn, whereas some of the women there are just like, well, no. Yeah, that's what I kind of feel like with Show Me The Money. Like, obviously, they're they're there to win the show or whatever but they're also there to make connections and stuff and that's really seems like a really central part of the show whereas the start of this it was like oh who's going to be the one successful female hip-hop artist because we're only allowed to have one it's not good it's not just some of the some of the messages they're putting across from this show are awful and 
yeah, I don't like the way that they're treating certain people, the way that they're being edited. I keep, I, I keep forgetting her name, but I know her name. Is it like Little Cham or something? <laughs> it just seems like certain scenes are being edited in an unfair way with mm. her because from what I've read online... It appears that when she was saying things like, oh, she's better than them bitches and uh, she'll still defeat them bitches and things like that, mm-hmm. it seems that there were comments made by some of the other females beforehand. Oh, really? And that was just her replying to them comments, but they didn't edit in, in that way. And even with the recent episode, I don't know whether you've watched it, but when she was eating kind of filming her for like quite a while as though oh, all she does is eats and wants to look pretty and things like that but uh, that's not entirely true because I'm aware of her music from before and it wasn't that bad and also she's at one of Korea's best universities she's clearly not an idiot yeah she's a student and she's studying something that's really really good so why are you putting her across in a negative manner it's not really fair I think there's certain things that they really need to improve on mm. with that show because it could be very good. It could give us insight into female rappers that has not necessarily been given before. A lot of the female rappers do not want to be labelled as female rappers. They just want to be seen as rappers. But one of the main elements in that show is female rappers. These are female rappers. And it's like, well, that's completely against what they want. Johnny V, for instance, when she done the interview with us, that was one of the main points that she made, that she doesn't like to be marketed as a female rapper. She prefers to just be marketed as a rapper. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand how this show is helping her. Maybe any exposure is good exposure at the moment from maybe a guy's point of view. Um, when you hear female rappers, it makes them want to turn in, one, because they want to see... Um, what they look like, which is unfortunate, but that's the reality of it, which is why probably a lot of rappers who happen to be female want to just be known as rappers. It's like, don't look at me for my looks or, you know, what I'm wearing or don't listen to me because you want to see what I look like and what I'm wearing and everything. But uh, listen to how intelligent I sound and, you know, the way that I flow, so to speak, and all this other stuff. So I think that um, since this is the first season of Unpretty Rap Star maybe they need to fix that part of it yeah. but they're probably trying to show off body image you know unfortunately yeah. no, no, that's true I don't see Jessie in a bad light as I did in the first episode anymore mm-hmm. Yeah, because she seems to be the only person that's willing to stand up to Sani and go being a bit of a dick that whole thing with him, him and G-Man is just really weird it's kind of creepy yeah because he's like twice her yeah. age practically I'm sure I'm sure she's encountered worse, but that doesn't make it okay. And I don't know, like, yeah, she's the idol rapper, but that's kind of the, the thing that she's trying to get out of at the moment. And it doesn't help that everything is, oh, AOA, oh, idol, oh, she's got the smallest face, she's the most pretty. She doesn't want you to notice her on that. You can clearly see it every time he makes a comment, because her face does not show anything of, oh, that's, thank you for the compliment. It's kind of just yeah. like... Why was that appropriate? It's a Korean TV thing that's so normalised for just men to to be really overtly objectifying, I guess, is the 
the most accurate word of women in TV and that for that to be fine. I don't know. It's always with that love line element as well, isn't it? Every show needs a love line. No, this does not need a love line. What it needs is for you to take the king seriously and to stop treating them like prissy little women. That is clearly not what any of them want. They are rappers. They want to be seen as such and they want to show people what they can do and like how well they can do. The one bit that I liked the third episode was when they let Jessie and Cheetah collab on the on the track in the end because they did just work together like they it was a like it was a three person performance it was it worked out the best for everyone because Jessie's not that good a rapper but she has a lot of sort of stage presence yeah. and command and Cheetah's a really good rapper so the combination of the two of them works really well. Cheetah's stage presence was was brilliant. <laughs> when she pulled Gangman to her. Oh god, it was so funny. I was just I couldn't help but laugh at that. But the fact that they were all like kind of shocked by it, as though like, why would someone do that? Because she wanted to. That's why. The thing with the way as well, like um Gangnam overtly said on that episode, he was like, I want G Men on my track because it'll sell lots of them. Mm. see this is the problem this is this is the crux of what this is is that you don't take female artists seriously in general no i don't know even the way that he like spoke to johnny v quickly when he was like oh he recognized her and Mm -hmm. oh it's because she failed on showing me the money why would you bring that up but that's his persona i think he goes overboard with it because that's what he's become known as constantly looking to sort of where he can step over the line. Stop stepping over the line and go mm. back in your little box, please. <laughs> I just really want to fix his hair, if I'm honest. His hair kind of... <laughs> I know. His hair's my little pet peeve. It really annoys me. I know. It was nice when it was black. Why is it blonde? Yeah. I, ne- I need someone to fix that hair, okay? <laughs> and come on. Like, can we pay a bit more attention to his, his other group members? Though, to be fair, one of them does not need attention. He has got some serious issues. <laughs> Did you see that, Sarah? No, which part is that one? Was it Young Cream? Oh my gosh, yeah. And he was on Twitter changing the Korean <laughs> I, flag. Oh my gosh, yeah. Why do they do that? I'm telling Just you, all of this is for attention. It's crazy. It was. He thought the red had the same meaning as in the Imperial Japanese flag. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I wish they have like managers like, hey, can I post this? Is this okay? No, that's not okay to do. So bad. Uh, he's someone that you'd need to sit down with and go, look, you cannot post this, this, yes. this, or this. Do not tweet American rappers. <laughs> <laughs> Do not follow so them on Instagram bad. and leave oh, them creepy gosh. messages. What did he say yeah. to Corell? It escalated really quickly. Oh, he was gosh. sending, he was sending. You know how in Korea they use the the O letter from Hangul, like the um, it's like a, a flat line with a little line coming up the top. Uh-huh. And it, they use it to mean like putting your middle finger up at someone. Yes, oh. and he's sending those <laughs> to Corell. Why? See, and that's exactly what I mean. Like, you need somebody in front of the keyboard with you. Like, wait a minute. Uh, what are you doing? No. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Like, what is wrong with them? They're bored. <laughs> yeah, it's because they're not making yeah. any... Well, Gangnam started making some money finally, and the rest of them are still got nothing. Yeah. But he's only making money for being weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's clearly not. But did you guys see um, that video that's been going around sort of online with uh, Keith Ape and there's a 
a Japanese rapper, and there's like three others as well. <laughs> Ichima. Oh, have you seen that? I, I don't know. I'm still convinced it was a joke. Did you see that video? Yes, I saw it. Underwater Squad. <laughs> so ridiculous i'm so sorry because i'm sure they're very proud of that but it's really really ridiculous it is it really is and like it's been getting popular on like vine and stuff like that does this mean that i should make a vine about it but also there was there was a controversy with it with them um, the guy oji mako is uh, a rapper who had a song called you guessed it which is in quite a similar style. They're not the same, but there's a lot of similarities between mm-hmm. the two of them. And he basically called them out saying that they, um, well, essentially that it was sort of racist stereotypes that they've been using. Oh, boy. But, yeah, found his tweets. He said, I'm aware of the Koreans that mocked me and took my sauce. I'm not impressed. I'm not inspired. I think it's kind of lame to each his own. And then he goes on and he says... I didn't have grills or extra jackets and lean cups and shit in the You Guessed It video, so why did they? Black stereotypes, lame as fuck. Well, it is a stereotype, and it's not a correct one in any way. And a lot of these rappers will go on in interviews and go, oh, I take Kendrick Lamar um, as an influence, but you don't see him wandering around with grills, do you? Two Chains is like the only rapper that they could ever get that stuff from, because like the constant grills, the constant chains around his neck, which are never two. Okay, if you're called Two Chains, you should always wear two chains. It's oh, so funny. I'm a teacher, so a lot of my students <laughs> listen to him, and I just can't. But talking about rappers that do that, have you seen Do- Doki's new track? No. Uh uh-uh, uh, I haven't. Seen- it's called something like Chica Chaka Choco Cho oh, no, or something. <laughs> it's using like the standard trap beats that everyone's using at the oh, moment. God. So bad. It has a woman moaning in the oh, background. No. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's just <laughs> everything about it. And he was on the four things show that Mnet do and they like look around their possessions and stuff. And he has a cabinet that's full of fifty thousand one notes. Do you know what I thought you was gonna say? I actually thought mm. you was going to say, he's got a cabinet that's full of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> Signed copies. But I just felt like with him, it was like, have you got all that money saved because you're in so much debt that you need some actual cash? Probably. <laughs> oh, they, um, so Top Dog had this interview with somebody and it's on YouTube. And she asked what was like what one of their favorite rappers in the States. I don't know if you guys know who Young Thug is, but... He's yeah. really bad, in my opinion, like really, really bad. And one yeah. of the guys said that he was, in his opinion, the greatest uh, rapper. And it was just so funny, the look on the interviewer's face when he said that. I'm trying to find who it was. Uh, it was Kiddo who said that Young Thug was the best rapper ever. They're definitely, like, given lists of rappers beforehand. Like, okay, pick out a couple of rappers who you can act like you know and care yeah. about, throw them into interviews, you'll be fine. But that is a terrible, yeah. terrible mistake. Like, Doki as well, he, 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 I saw an interview that he'd done with some French, like, K-pop website or something. Mm-hmm. And um, when he was asked about why he made the music he did, he mm-hmm. was basically like, well, I want to do the stuff that's popular in America. Like, that was, like, literally what he said. <laughs> I'm just going oh, to suggest it out there that maybe he should change his career path and become a Taylor Swift impersonator. 
just like <laughs> about his past relationships. Um, you know, I, I, I can yeah. imagine him being the new Taylor Swift. You know? Yeah, I think him and Taylor Swift would be really. Could you imagine her with grills on and him with grills on and both of them singing about their lost loves? I think this is a good segue into the main thing that we were going to talk about. A couple of weeks ago now, I wrote an article for the website about what constitutes authenticity in Korean hip-hop because obviously hip-hop is not Korean Mm. and it hasn't emerged kind of organically really in Korea. It's just kind of been imported. So there's understanding of what the Korean hip-hop community sees as authentic what consumers of Korean hip-hop see as authentic and then what sort of outsider international sort of fans or artists think of authenticity in Korea is quite a complex thing when it comes to hip-hop. Based on a lot of the readings that I've done, there's five main things that just pop up again and again. And some of them are the same as um, US Mm hip-hop and some of them are specific to Korea. So one of the dimensions that they talk about is economic and sort of commercial what's considered real is like the underground rapper and then what's considered fake is an idol rapper and you see a lot even like zico talked about it Mm -hmm. yeah bts have kind of touched on it a couple of things and then obviously in hip-hop like there was the whole thing with be free last year the year before last year with bts oh yeah he said that because it was what they were wearing makeup they weren't or not hard but they weren't authentic yeah, he Ooh. basically instigated that they were pussies. Let's just ah, yeah. see. Okay, and it's a horrible word, but that's what he basically instigated. That—that's the second of the five that I had was about gender and sexuality, and this is the thing that like that comes straight over from American hip hop. Although it's been, it's not the same as it was in the past. The real thing is male and hard, and the sort of fake is like feminine and soft. Yeah, mm. and I kind of feel like because Korean hip hop doesn't really have its own unique identity no it doesn't it it tries to form its own identity and it has been trying especially over the past couple of years but it's difficult because they're still essentially sampling things that are popular in Mm -hmm. the u.s right now so it doesn't really work it's not unique because they're not working to make it their own that's one of the other things that i think i'll just go through them so the five were economic so that's the underground versus idol thing the gender one and then about age and hierarchy and this is something that is unique to korea about sort of the respect culture and the age culture that exists in korea that um doesn't definitely doesn't exist particularly in the u.s hip-hop scene and then work ethic which also is a very korean thing i don't think you get many american rappers that brag about how hard they work Right. I don't think that's the thing that happened. Um, and but the the final one was that what you're talking about there is about national and transnational and things like if you're going to ad- address social issues, which obviously has always been a big part of hip hop for a long time, um, like being c- aware of Korean social issues and being sort of proud to be Korean and using Korean wordplay and having a good way with the Korean language. But then at the same time, knowing U.S. hip hop culture, knowing U.S. hip hop music forms and trends and you know striking that balance and i just i think that there's everyone finds that balance in a different place yeah sort of when tough cookie came out mm. it was really popular in korea but western k-pop fans were all like what is this yeah no i get that i do get that that's an interesting thing is like where is that line because they're obviously they're not going to use traditional korean instruments for the, for their music mm. all the time Although some of them, and K-pop artists have incorporated that in the past in their music. 
there's a couple of them that do and it sounds really good like there's mm-hmm. one artist I'd have to write about him at some point but he's really good and he always incorporates like uh different forms of traditional Korean music and it always sounds really I don't know what's the best way to phrase this it's kind of on point really there's no reason why Korean hip-hop artists should have to use like Korean music all the time in their music you know I think people are kind of harsh on Korean hip-hop artists sometimes Mm. but there's a balance to be struck struck on that that thing with OG Mako although I kind of agree with what you're saying Mm. on the other side one of the guys I think it's JLD one of the one of the artists involved in that song talked to Vice about it because he speaks English and stuff and he said that you know they were really keen not to just you know, they didn't have to show off their Asian-ness yeah. in their music. So that's kind of their side. Yeah. They have a different perspective of well, it. The thing is, everyone's going to have a different perspective and a different side and viewpoint of it. It's just coming together and forming that into something that no one takes offence to. And that's one of the mm-hmm. main problems with certain Korean hip-hop artists. They, they don't seem to understand that people will take offence to certain things. And there mm-hmm. are ways of going about that. So that does not happen. And I realised that you Mm -hmm. can't keep everyone happy, but some of them just seem to go out of their way to piss off others. That's not necessarily the best thing to do. And I always kind of question, but what is authentic hip-hop? What is it? My perception of authentic hip-hop is how it originally started out. And how hip-hop originally started was with rappers discussing the struggles that they were going through. And these are like everyday struggles. Actually, it originally started out as just party music so that was kind of as it developed into a form that it became yeah. that and that's the other thing about people talk about plagiarism in hip-hop and they don't know what they're talking about yeah is that sampling is what makes hip-hop musically is what unique makes hip-hop what it is oh, of course that's the biggest like i would argue the biggest impact that i would say that hip-hop has actually had on sort of western music as a whole yeah like, it's not plagiarism to use that stuff, but you do have to clear it if you want to do it legally. No, but that's the thing. That's, you have to do that with all music. If you want to use someone else's music or you want to sample it in any way, you have to have permission from that person or permission from the person who... or the people who own the music. But a lot of people don't seem to be doing that at the moment. It's just like, oh, well, it's on the internet. We can use it. And that's not how it works. You can be sued. Mm. <laughs> like, you need to take this in, into perspective. You can be sued. You shouldn't just copy something and then change it ever so slightly. Oh. Like that won't fly either. Oh no! A couple of years ago, there was um, a, a Korean rapper. I can't remember his name, and he is not making music anymore. But he basically full blown took a '90s Snoop Dogg song and just changed the words from English to Korean. That was it. He done nothing else. There was no more work put into it. I'm going to find that song at some point and send it to you. <laughs> he, he done no work whatsoever into it. He just changed oh it God. from English to Korean. It's like people think they won't know. It was funny because it was one of the... It's one of like Snoop Dogg's more popular songs. I mean, Snoop Dogg. Did they sue him for that? I think they attempted to and then was just like... No one is listening to this. It does not matter. It is not a big thing. We're not going to get a lot of money. Just leave it. But it was just so funny because everyone knew. I'm telling you, some of them are very, very smart. Mm-hmm. Credit goes to where credit is due. Some of them are quite smart. They find rappers from like 
all over the world, very small artists, mm. and like use their music. I mean, sometimes it is coincidence, but other times you hear it, you're, yeah. it's, it's just not coincidence. Not. But the work ethic thing I find interesting as well, because that is really just Korean. Yeah. It's so opposite from what you get in American hip-hop. Like, in American hip-hop, it's all about sort of most of the time how you're a genius mm. who just, can just write, you know, write a couple of lyrics down, memorise it once, or just come out with it on the spot, and it's amazing. <laughs> Whereas in Korea, it's like you know, I, I work every day on my on my rhyme. Whereas like, and and it's not just it's not just in a, like in US hip hop in general that they say um, that they you know that that people just want to be seen as geniuses. It's also that a lot of people think that if you rehearse your rhymes too much and write them and just spend too much time looking at them and stuff, well, there's nothing fresh about them. It's like you know, like free freestyle is is preferable. Changing the topic for a second, did either of you see um, the comparison that was made between CL and a certain Australian? <laughs> Igloo Australia. Yep. <laughs> There's been comparisons made between them, and even I was starting to feel a bit bad for CL. And you like Iggy Azalea? No. I like. I uh-huh. used to like taking the piss out of um, yeah, Australia, yeah. Uh-huh. but then uh-huh. I was like, actually, no, she's she's ratchet. <laughs> and some of the things that she comes out with are just awful. A complete lack of taste. Yeah. Like Azalea Banks comes out with some stuff that's just a bit crazy, but she comes out with quite a lot of sensible stuff as well. And Iggy Azalea just doesn't even listen. No. I I was asking some people about that, and they said that they would rather listen to CL than Iggy Azalea, and they didn't even know who CL was, but they oh, said it didn't God. matter. I felt proud, but kind of bad. I feel bad for Iggy Azalea, but she, mm. she says a lot of stuff. It's like, well, slow your roll, lady. Slow yeah, down. No, that, that's her problem. Like, the, I was just saying about the comparisons that are being made between her and CL at the moment. Two really different women from different countries coming to America to try and make it big and everything. And obviously, Iggy Azalea has um, her little standing now and her fans, whereas CL will be going over there with only the backing, essentially, of K-pop fans that know her. So it's going to be a bit more difficult for her. She's got backing from Crazy Will I Am Mm -hmm. and that Diplo, or whatever his name is, who... Oh, just Skrill- Skrillex? Skrillex? Oh, Skrillex yeah, yeah. Oh, Skrillex oh. as well, yeah. Oh, that song. He's not relevant that's anymore. Fine. I really don't like that song. But, um, oh, but they are using 21's um, I Am The Best for a Microsoft car show. For my- yeah. Over here. Yeah. They play that quite a lot over here. So Yeah, they were using it here as well, and they play it quite often here. So there's that. Because even my mum was singing that around the house recently, just kind of murmuring it for a while. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, it just depends on how people are willing to take to her, really. And if they're willing to drop this whole, you can only be a rapper or you can only make it big if you're a certain type of person. So she could do really well or she could just, she could do um, a Wonder Girls Oh, I hope not. It's complicated because if you talk about authenticity in hip hop, like in US hip hop, so the stuff that I did where I was like made like what's real, what's fake, it was based on another study that I read um, from about 15 years ago about US hip hop. And one of the things he outlined was about 
uh, race playing a central role in authenticity mm. in hip hop. And the thing is, now hip hop is a really central part of mainstream pop culture, so it's it's really complicated. Yeah. Is it wrong for Azalea to rap? Probably not, but she has no tact or no understanding of the sort of willingness to to sort of acknowledge the roots of hip hop and how being a sort of young skinny white woman might affect how she's perceived by people and also you know how she gets ahead in the industry and that kind of thing yeah i think um partially some of the main problems with her in the industry is the fact that she doesn't really seem to show any knowledge of anything mm past a certain point it's Mm -hmm. just like oh i write my own lyrics i do this i do that but it's been proven time and time again that she doesn't write her own lyrics doesn't Mm -hmm. come up with any of her her verses it's all done either by ti or someone else that works with them so you can't really put a claimer on doing this yourself doing that yourself and bitching about the rest of the world when essentially you're just an ass yeah i mean did you see what ti said to azalea banks Oh, no, I didn't. No. I saw he some said, of it. Get your man to come to me or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I saw some of it and I was kind of disgusted because he's a father mm. of young girls. Um, mm. Just because she's a female doesn't mean she she can't handle you. I think she's proven more than enough times that she's completely crazy and can handle anyone. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's part of the fear that I have for CL going to the US. The fact that she's going to have people like this attacking her, and it seems a little unfair. It really does. But these are the things that they're going to have to help her deal with before she goes over. Otherwise, she's literally screwed before she even gets there. You can't compare CL and Iggy Azalea because they're totally different. Iggy Azalea is brought up in a Western country, speaking English, in a predominantly white country. Mm -hmm. CL is a transnational Korean yeah. Who speaks pretty much, well, fluent English. Yes, yeah, she does. But not quite native level English, mm-hmm. but fluent. But because she's been going to international schools for her whole life, she's now, I don't think she's actually ever lived in an English speaking country. She lived in Japan and she lived in France, I think. So she doesn't come from an English, a Western English speaking country, but she's not fully Korean either. Uh, she was talking about that in her complex interview, actually. She was talking about how she kind of feels like an alien sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like she went to international school her whole life, so that c- clearly shows she's fairly privileged. Like she comes from a fairly well-off family. I think her dad's quite a prominent academic. Yeah. So where does that stand in authenticity and hip hop and in pop? Because she's a pop musician that raps. Yeah. She's not hip hop artist. No, she's a pop musician. She raps. She's labelled as an idol, but she doesn't wish to be labelled as an idol majority of the time. But that's how she's made her name. She comes from quite a privileged background, but mm-hmm. she tries to throw that off, mm-hmm. essentially. But at the same time, she doesn't, because she's still allowing that to influence how far she can go. When she goes to the US, she's representing a group of people who are cro- chronically underrepresented in US media. Yeah. So it's not the same as, as a sort of white Australian woman coming in and doing hip-hop. No, it really isn't. So that's why the comparison between them both fails, doesn't it? It's not the same thing. They're not the same people. They have completely different backgrounds. But the issue that you have, this is what people will do. People will stick them into the same boundaries because mm. they're not what they expect to be wanting to 
make it big within the hip-hop scene in mm-hmm. the US. And that just shows up a lot of faults, doesn't it, really? Like I was reading, you know, Eugene Liang from BuzzFeed, mm. the, the one of the main video directors. He did a really interesting, I think we shared it on our Facebook page, he did a really interesting artic- interview with yeah. uh, like a Asian-American activist organisation about um, diversity in the US media. Mm. And he mentioned K-pop. He was talking about how, you know, it's not it's not ideal, but, you know, K-pop, it does make a difference because you've got sort of young white women in predominantly, you know, white and other ethnicity, but non-Asian ethnicities and maybe um, living in communities where they don't have exposure to many sort of other to people of Asian ethnicity. Mm. And it does have a positive impact on the way that they view it, even if it is kind of stereotyped. Hmm. That's interesting. He, to be fair, he does seem to come out with a lot of interesting things. I watch quite a, a few of the things that he's in, like the Try Guys and other things like that. Mm-hmm. And he makes a lot of really, really good videos as well. Really good. He's very good at what he does. Um, but even he said a couple of times in certain videos that he doesn't like the perception that he's being looked at as just eye candy or something like that yeah the only attractive Asian man in America because of his race he doesn't appreciate that and he doesn't think that it's a positive thing and it's nice to see that someone is willing to stand up and say that and I just think that when CL goes to the US that's what she needs to do she needs to stand by her work and stand by herself as a person and be as outspoken as she is but for that, she's going to need the backing of others. And it doesn't help that certain rappers in Korea right now are all up in arms about a female idol rapper going to the US and trying to make it big because they feel mm-hmm. that she's taken their shot. It's not your shot. No one cares about you. I'm, I'm going to start dropping names in a little while. I might even tag these rappers. Okay, no, no. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> No, seriously. Like, the whole, oh, I'm offended because it's a woman and she's an idol Mm -hmm. rapper. Stop that shit, okay? This is part of the reason why your music is not doing well. And this is part of the reason why sometimes people feel that there needs to be more boundaries on Korean rappers because some of the thoughts that should stay in their head come out (laughs) of their mouths and it makes them look like (laughs) assholes. Do you have any thoughts about CL Sally? I hope that she does well here. I like CL, and I'm not a 21 fan, but I do like CL's um, solo work. I think she'll do well here. She's very laid back and doesn't seem so like like I had. Even though she, I know she's thinking, probably I have to have to make it. She the vibe mm-hmm. that I got off of the complex uh, interview that she did. She's like, yeah, I'm coming and it's going to be awesome. I'm excited, but I'm not uber excited. Like with Iggy Azalea, she was everywhere talking about how awesome she is. And, you know, she's mm-hmm. quote unquote changed the game of female rappers and in the States and all this stuff, which is completely <laughs> ridiculous. But yeah, so I'm excited about CL coming. I think she's going to do well here. I think one of the things that's kind of working in her favor now is there's quite a lot of prominent, fairly prominent music. Um, journalists and, and critics and stuff who are Asian-American mm-hmm. where there, w- there wouldn't have been in the past. No, it's definitely improving. There's definitely more more backup 
for her, which is a nice thing. Uh, hopefully it does go well for her. I wouldn't say anything against her. I'm not a fan of the group. Some of the songs have been quite catchy, but I'm not a fan of the group. But for anyone to do well is a good thing. So hopefully yeah. she does make an impact and she does well. I, I guess we'll just have to wait and thing. see. But also one of the things that I think works in um, in CL's favour is as being, like, growing up in, in international schools and stuff, her values um, are more sort of Western friendly. Yeah. You know, she's been quite vocal in support of LGBT rights. She's pretty much the only idol that has. Yeah, no, she does. Um, she's got more of an uptake on what is the right thing to say, what the wrong thing is to say. But her beliefs are quite strong as well. And she does share them. And that's a nice thing. That is a good thing that you can say about her, that she's not fearful about sharing her beliefs about certain subjects that other people are not willing to touch upon. And that's a good thing. So I'm supportive of her unless she makes a track with that Ariana Grande or whatever her name is. Then hands off, I can I cannot support you anymore. I just want it'd be interesting to see what the two of them look like on a stage together. Oh god. <laughs> Have you heard Zico's new track? Nope. I'm staying away from Zico. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I actually was I was quite surprised by it was a lot better. Was it? Than the last one. Okay. Mm. He went for quite an old old school kind of sound mm-hmm. for it. And then it was quite like it was sort of a personal narrative and it was just about sort of where he's been and where he's going and where he's got to and it, he was talking about his mum and it was just about his kind of his life story and it was a lot more genuine than Tough Cookie, obviously, which was... There was nothing genuine yeah. about that. No, it's not a Tough Cookie. <laughs> it's just so funny, though, because Tough Cookie is just not... I mean, it's what, like, your grandma says when <laughs> you cut your finger or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's pretty much all we've got to talk about this week. I think we've rambled on long <laughs> enough. I think for the next episode, possibly we could do that fetishization one that we were planning before if I can get it sorted out. It might be the episode after that because I've got a lot on the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But I mean I don't I don't think we've got any other concrete ideas for episodes do we at the moment. No. Um we're pretty much open to taking people's suggestions on what they'd like us to talk about. So we've got a cow talk now. Yay. I set one up. Yay. So that makes it really easy if <laughs> if anyone you don't have to email us MP3 files or try and use Skype. Skype is a nightmare. <laughs> um, um, you can send us messages through Kakao Talk. All you just do is just send voice message and you record yeah. it. And then we can play those. We really want people to suggest things because it'd just be interesting to get your uptake on a lot of situations that we're discussing. Or if you've got questions, we have quite a lot of combined useless knowledge about yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what, what we don't have knowledge about, though, is um, how to track down your favourite idols. I don't know. No. Yeah, and sorry. even if I did, I would not tell you. I'm sorry. Yeah, my my advice on that is just don't get a new hobby. Don't spend all your time and money travelling to track down idols. It's not it's not really a cool thing to do. Yeah, it's not. The amount of time that you have to invest and the amount of money that you have to invest versus what you get yeah. back really don't match up. Until then, um as we said, if you've got any questions you want to ask us, you can send us messages on Kakao. You can also just send us messages on Kakao. We don't mind if you just want to send a text mm-hmm. message, whatever. You can send us emails uh, at podcast at beyondhalu.com. We do have a Skype account, so if you want to send us a voice message through Skype, 
it's beyond tell you as always and then of course we've got our twitter and our facebook mm-hmm. and our tumblr as well beyondtellyou.tumblr.com leave us a comment on any matters you want us to discuss or anything we've discussed in today's podcast or previous podcasts and we hope that you've enjoyed this and we'll listen in again next time bye, bye.